I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life episode 50. Very excited uh, that we've reached the 50th episode. Uh, I hope you're well. I'm recording this in the middle of uh, the school run. I say school run, we're sort of getting the kids ready for school. I'm joined by uh, the only one of my children who's already ready, Theo. Hello, Theo. Hello. How are you? Good. How do you think this intro is going so far? Bad. Okay. Um, do you know, what do you know about Hip Hop Save My Life podcast? Nothing. Well, do you know anything about it? No. Do you know what a podcast is? Yes. Do you know what hip hop is? Yes. Do you know that I host it? No. You didn't know that I host Hip Hop Save My Life, so the promotion hasn't even extended properly to my house. Right, so today's episode is, uh, we're very excited to say, it's with uh, uh, presenter, sort of, he's sort of a documentary presenter, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe him, but doc- he's documentary presenter at the moment, but he's got all sorts of things going on, it's Reggie Yates. Uh, Reggie Yates is somebody we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. Um, and he's just very busy, so it's been difficult. I was on his podcast recently, and it became clear he knows his stuff, and then he came on to our podcast, and he was wicked. So anyway, that's it. Uh, Romesh recommendation for Hip Hop Save My Life this week is the Sean Price album, um, Imperious Rex. Oh, oh my God, what's going on? Uh, okay, look, it's all gone. The school run's going off here. So Hip Hop Save My Life. Enjoy it. <laughs> This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back, because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Saved My Life. Um, I'm here with Rumaj. Hello, Rumaj. Hey, man. What episode is this? It depends, doesn't it? Because mm. we're doing a double record today. Aren't Maybe we, we should do both options. Okay. This is episode 49. This is episode 50. There you go. <laughs> Just don't edit that. <laughs> uh, how are you, Rimaj? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are on our own at the moment. Yeah, we are. The guest for today is Reggie Yates. We, we, we've run out of conversation, yeah. sort of backstage, and then we're like... Yeah, we thought, fuck we it, should just do start the intro. <laughs> uh, Reggie's late, so yeah. uh, normally... I like the we like the guests to be there, then they can sort of enjoy our kind of banter before yeah. we get into the actual main podcast. But Reggie's not going to be here, so when you hear him come onto the podcast, just remember he has not had the opportunity no to sort context. of get warmed up into the fucking we'll, banter. We'll, we'll, we'll give him a sort of mini version, maybe. Sure. Um, how's life? Yeah, good. Just doing a sort of waiting period, waiting for baby. Yeah, because you're due mm. like in two weeks' time, right? Yeah, twenty first of March. And maybe, um, maybe, maybe it's. Plopped out by the time we. Oh mate, this one the goes. Out. Can you not say plopped baby? out? Pardon? You, oh, sorry, I thought you were reacting to me saying plopped. <laughs> no, plopped out's fine. Hip hop same alive, baby. Yeah. Do you know the first you, one? Do you know that? Do you know that people often shit while they're giving birth? Do they? Yeah. So, well, like, people who don't know they're pregnant. Oh, no, no, pe- no. Oh, right. As in, like, birth. as you're pushing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm a aware of that. Come out. Yeah. I don't think you see it, or you, you only see it if you're looking for it. Yeah. And the doctor comes. I don't think I'm going to be down the business end. No, 
Man. Will you look at all? I don't think so. Charlie, Charlie, my uh, fiance doesn't want me to. She doesn't want you to go no, down. No. no, no. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, di- I didn't. I didn't uh, set up there. Mm. But I did sort of. You can't help glancing down. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's it. You, you, I just sort of looked and I saw the crowning. Yeah. Uh, which isn't like an independent movie that was playing down there. It it's was a like, Netflix it's a, series. <laughs> it was um, it was sort of just the head sort of. Yeah. I shouldn't really be talking. But anyway, no, no. It's, it was fine. So you advise against it, yeah? I would advise against mm. it, yeah. But personally. yeah, we're just in this, this sort of, you'd probably give me advice, in this sort of weird waiting period. Yeah. Strange. But you're not. But she's not due yet. She's due no, in a couple of weeks. but he's still sort of like, you're, you know, ready to roll. Yeah, because the first one, um, Lisa was late by two weeks. Right, So we were doing we're shit like eating yeah. pineapple and mm. yeah, we're doing curry that. and all that. But it's just me eating it. And you're supposed to have sex in that, aren't you? Yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about having sex for the purposes of bringing on labour. Reggie, you have walked in at just the right we're amount of time. Hey, man. <laughs> this is the bit where we introduce our guest. So Reggie Yates has just walked in. Reggie. Yes, hello. How's life? Life is good. Life good? is really good. Life is flustering right now. It's Mother's Day and I've been made to run around like an idiot, so I apologise. What have ladies. you been doing? Um, running errands for Big Sis. I'm staying with my big sister at the minute and right. she's got five kids. So they're sort of like doing breakfast and being really nice and I'm being made to go to Tesco and buy And the like reason that. you're staying with your sister is because... <laughs> you know the answer to this question. Yeah. It's because... I don't, I don't. It's because basically Reggie has... Uh, trap house he's got a house mm. a new house yeah I don't know how new it is because when I asked him how long ago he bought it he refused to tell me <laughs> but like basically it's like massive yeah. it's huge mm. um, we'll edit any of this any information that I'm giving that you don't want people to know <laughs> about a street address yeah yeah <laughs> so it's a big house but it's just fucking bare it's like a building site right so it's you, were like, li- you were living in it or you no you, right, you, right. you can't live in that right right, right. so like when so I did Reggie's uh, podcast Talks mm. Jew and he sent me the address so I went there and the car driver refused to let me get out because he goes there's no way this can be the address right he goes because look at it it's a fucking building site <laughs> and, then, and then I, and so I just got and then I got fed up because I thought there's only so long I can sit in, with, in the car with this guy and so I got out and then I heard them inside mm. and then went inside and it's just them doing the podcast in like in a building site in like a health and safety fucking nightmare Nice. nice so I, I bought a place yeah. and I bought it a little while back mm. and it took us a long time to get all the, the permissions and, and, and agree on the plans. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're, we're still building. And, is it a um, bit of a money pit? Uh, no, thankfully no, it's not. It is it is costing more than I would hope, but right. what building doesn't? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's taken a while and we recorded my podcast there and Rummish turned up and refused to believe that it was actually where we be should be doing it. I just show. think if you have someone <laughs> if you have someone come and do a podcast, mm. there should be a functioning shitter there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, see, that, the thing that you're neglecting here yeah. is that when you use my toilet, you're urinating on the urine of my previous guests. <laughs> so you're sharing something there. Right. Oh, there's no so, flush. Oh, there's, oh no, oh, no, no, no. So there's a nice pool of piss that yeah. you can share now and say that you've contributed to. So you and the David Bedils of yeah. this world. That's, all... that's an eBay listing for oh, sure. Mate. Yeah, can you imagine this little vial of that? <laughs> well, I think Sell that on. End of the season. We're going to use... Scent of rummage. People using it as some sort of musk. <laughs> we're going to do <laughs> shots of it. It's going to be great. Uh, well, it's good to have you, man. Good to be here. Uh, I just literally, I, just, I was just about to tell Rupert, I just come back from Ethiopia. Uh, and uh, I just want to take this opportunity to say Turkish Airlines eat a fucking bag of dicks right because basically they're our sponsors this week yeah 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 (laughs) Um, they so I got I was flying flew to Istanbul 
and then change Istanbul to go to uh, to Addis, right? Mm. So anyway, thank you very much. Reggie's pouring out waters for us. This is insane. It's Mother's Day. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll so, be the mother hen today, guys. So, um, so anyway, the flight was delayed mm. from Heathrow, right? And got to Istanbul, and by the time we landed, the flight had gone to Addis, right? Yeah. So then, I, we, so we, then we're looking around. There's nobody there, bearing in mind that I've quite a few people getting this connection. So we then go and find the Turkish Airlines help desk at Istanbul Airport, right? Mm. And I said to the guy, oh, I'm supposed to be getting this connecting flight to Addis. He goes, yeah, you're very late. I said, yeah, you fucking brought me here, mate. I've not come to Istanbul Airport on my, under my own steam. Do you know what I mean? This is your fault. Anyway, so he said to me, don't worry, there's another flight in 24 hours. I said, I'm not. So, <laughs> so I was like, uh, mate, I'm not staying in Istanbul. Not, no offence to Istanbul or Turkish people, it's, it's wonderful, but I needed to be in Ethiopia, yeah, right? you got business. So I said, yeah, I've got things to do, innit? A little thing lined up in Ethiopia. So... What were you doing in Ethiopia? I was, fil- I was filming. I was filming. Okay. <laughs> he was filming a documentary about <laughs> Turkish Airlines. Yeah. So then he goes, you can go via Beirut. So... Um, so we did that. So I went to Beirut, right? Wow. And then when we get to Beirut, it says, I said to the guy, somebody working there, I said, I've got a connection to Addis. And he goes, wait over there. And then I sat by an unmanned desk for two hours <laughs> while they decided whether they're going to help me get to fucking Ethiopia or not. It's insane. So Turkish, and I tweeted them and they haven't replied. Do they not? Yeah, that's not good. A lot of people tend, I, if you've got a bit of profile and you tweet a, at a company, they'll respond, won't they? Yeah. Uh, have you ever done, have you ever pulled out yes. a celeb tweet? <laughs> yes. Do you know how <laughs> much free wagamama I've had because of those tweets? Do you well, know what? There wasn't enough sauce on my katsu curry. Shame Every on time. you, wagamama. At wagamama, shame on you. Boom, DM. Boom, vouchers. Boom. <laughs> katsu for days. So it works. I agree. Okay. It didn't I agree work for me. Turkish Airlines, by the way. What's that? I agree what he's saying on my About the Katsu. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get a free meal. You can't go. You think you're going to get a free meal off saying, I agree with Reggie? Yeah, yeah. You've got to I've never been least. there, but I agree with him. <laughs> You've never been there? Oh, no, it's a life changer. It's brilliant. It's awful. Chips. Wagamama's You see a lot of comedians awful. complaining about trains and stuff, and they sort of at Southern, Southeastern or whatever. Yeah. Does that Never work? get anything. No. no. That's rubbish. No. Just because they're 10 minutes well, that's because Well, that's, uh, well, that's because the train... Train companies don't give a fuck. Like, no, they, they you, literally, they don't give a shit about making you happy. Job, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they are, they're not providing a service, and they're raising their prices. So what's the incentive to to do anything? I just think they they should. I I am so angry with Southern Rail at the moment that and I can't. Turkish Airlines. I, yeah, Turkish Airlines and Southern How Rail are, are the two greatest scourges of Western society. <laughs> I want that highlighted and. This, this, and this uh, podcast it. isn't about hip hop. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the Travel Bitch podcast. I'm just bitching about travel for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Now, listen, you are a, a multi talented guy. We're very delighted. To, very delighted? Can you say very delighted? V delighted. We're V delighted to have you on the podcast. I wasn't expecting compliments. You, um, you. Your, career, uh, your career is pretty. I mean, you basically are the documentary guy now, right? I mean, like, you. Wow. It's quite a transition you made because. You sort of, you've done all sorts of things. Like you were, is it true you were in Desmond? Uh, yeah, that was the first thing I ever did. When I was a kid, um, the first uh, show I was ever in was Desmond's. I, I, at eight years old, I joined a little drama club right. up the road in Angel in North London. 
and um, uh, when you're enough of a show off aka yeah. a decent little performer they put you on this thing called the casting card and so I started going for auditions and the first audition I went for was Desmond's and I got it and I, got, I only did the one episode but people seem to really remember it and, and love it and it was the okay yeah, was so that's movie. a dangerous thing because how old were you, were you eight were you in that I movie? was eight yeah yeah so most child stars end up to be pretty fucked up but you <laughs> you um, well here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> you are um, and you've done all sorts of stuff yeah. but the thing is, is that what what sort of made you get into? Because like when I first heard you were doing a documentary, I, you sort of you are a very what you've got by the bucket load is like likability and oh. and you know you've got charm, and so to do sort of um, I said that almost like it's an insult. Didn't so I? there's you an opportunity got... for you to say something nice to Romus. No, yeah, that's, not, that's not what I was getting at. Um, <laughs> I'm just helping out. So what made you move into like doing like uh, I guess. Hard hitting is, for want of a better word, documentaries like where you're tackling quite difficult issues. See, I know it's weird. I don't really see them as hard hitting. I think the subject matter can be quite difficult, but I'm hardly Mr. Issues, man. Do you know what I mean? I just sort of rock up and react to them in the same way the man on the couch would. Right. And I think that that's where people are identifying with these films mm. because really for me, um, regardless of the situation, I'm going to be myself. So if it's kind of weird and a bit fucked up, I'm going to say. Right. It's funny, I'm going to laugh. And if someone's really bloody strange, which a lot of the time they are, I'll comment on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the people that I meet are definitely extreme, um, but I'm just myself in it. So, yeah, I don't think they're hard hitting. But how did it happen? I mean, um, well, it was kind of... Uh, chance really um, I went off uh, to do a comic relief film as you do I'm sure you've been asked to, in, in the past by comic relief to do something yes officially yes whether they <laughs> whether they have let's say yes you <laughs> oh, hosted okay. it huh? didn't you, you hosted oh my it. god I, I you did the talk, live I broadcast talk all yeah. day about that yeah. Yeah. what, what happened that. how did you get on with the auto cue uh, well the comic relief I don't know if I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not but I'm going to say mm. so the comic relief that I did yeah was where they decided to bring in like new blood or whatever. Yeah. And um, I remember I made the mistake of checking my Twitter like in between two of the things. Oh. It's just <laughs> crushed. It's fucking <laughs> at Romish Ranga. More children will be hungry as a direct result of this <laughs> shitty broadcast. How do you feel about bringing donations down because of your lack of professionalism? <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if Comic Relief can ask me Batman. That's the honest well, see, truth. I, I've never been brave enough to do the live broadcast right, right, bit. Right. I mean, I've done a ton of live broadcasts in my time, but that is something else. It's something that I've watched since I was yeah. a kid. I just couldn't deal with the pressure of that. I wouldn't yeah. want to do it. So, well, as it turns out, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I went to Kenya and I did right. a film like that. I've done a bunch of stuff over the years and Kenya was the first thing that I did that was really sort of, I don't know, it really resonated with the, with, with the, with the British public and we raised like over a million quid off the back of that documentary we did. And I just fell in love with immersive films. And um, I was called in to, to the Beeb, as you, as you do, and they sort of sat me down and said that they would really like me to do more factual stuff because of um, how I carried myself in that environment. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. No one's going to believe me. No one, no one, I'm not an expert, etc. So you had and, that um, that doubt that people were going to accept you as yeah. being, be, being the host of something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, at the time I was, I was Mr. Sort of Radio 1. I was hosting the chart. I was doing like, I think I was still, was I still doing kids telly. I think I'd moved on to some more youth stuff. So I was doing sort of like the festivals, doing Glastonbury. I was music and entertainment. Um, yeah. I was doing The Voice. So for me to do something not only quite serious, but quite important I just sort of thought the audience would look at me and say what the fuck is this guy he's not an expert and thankfully they didn't and um, yeah I, I've just sort of fallen out of love kind of with um, with entertainment 
and I'm way more focused now on, on factual. So do you think that's where you're going to, is that the direction you're going to continue heading in then? Okay, I'm teeing you up now to take the piss out of me for the next 20 to 25 minutes with what I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I truly stand by this and I believe it, right? right. I think the reason that I love documentaries um, is because essentially it's storytelling, right? Right. And it's a real wanky thing to say, but it's the truth. And that is the thing that I'm really drawn to. So storytelling in drama is what I really like. So I write and direct and then storytelling in factual, I think is what I'm going to spend the rest of my time on screen doing. Yeah. Nice. That's, okay. that's my thing. So yeah, everything. I was I hoping you're going to open the door on a piss take a bit more than that. Oh really? It sounded alright. <laughs> oh come on. What you, what you said sounded okay to be honest. Really? Calling yeah. myself a storyteller? No, I feel like a good. massive twat. I liked it. Really? I liked it. Uh, now Reggie, we've wanted to have you on the podcast for a while now. About two years. It's about two years, isn't it? We yeah. was, we talked that's about how it. We've been going. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's like this yeah. could be episode fifty. Yeah, yeah. So depending really? on, depending yeah. on how you do, this could be episode yeah. fifty. Oh shit, that's but, pressure. Yeah, yeah. That's like can't so really just, fall over again. So just, <laughs> so just think about your answers and shit. Here's a little bit that you like to pull. How did you get into hip hop? Okay, so Reggie, you're a hip hop fan. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um, I kind of grew up around it. I sort of had no choice really. Um, my dad's uh, a musician, so he plays. Well, yeah, still does. I guess he plays every every instrument that there is. Right. And there was mu- always music in the house. My mum, when my, my father and my mother broke up, my mum sort of used to always have the radio on regardless of what was going on in the house. So if you were cleaning, there was music. If she was cooking, there was music. And so she'd sort of flip between commercial stations and pirate. And at the time, because I grew up just up the road from here in um, in Holloway, at the time, Kiss was a pirate and WNK was also a big sort of North London pirate radio station. And it was sort of out of the two of them. Oh, and Choice as well, I think, was pirate too. Right. And we used to sort of listen to those stations and also listen to the chart and stuff. So I was massively into things like The Police and, and, and every other sort of big pop thing, Madonna and that. But at the same time, I was listening to African music and reggae and, you know, lovers rock and all sorts. So, yeah. Um, and so you got into hip hop a bit. We listened to all of those things and hip hop sort of emerged as something you're into. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Hip hop was the thing that just, I don't know, it kind of spoke to me because it was just aggressive in a way that none of those other real sort of sounds were. And, and a lot of the time there were kids that weren't that much older than me doing it. Anything from crisscross right the way up to people in their teens and late teens and early 20s that I'd look at and go, wow, you're not that much older than me. And it was fun as well as it being dangerous. So you sort of had the kid and play side of it. I remember I had a kid and play vinyl and I loved it. love watching house party and just every side every element of it from the dancing to the artwork and graffiti to the way you dress it just all sort of did there was something there is something about hip-hop where you like you can buy into the whole thing do you know what I mean where you can basically like the lifestyle element of it which is what's very appealing isn't it it's like you're talking about the artwork and all that you suddenly become an art fan if you're into hip hop yeah because I mean, of graffiti I used to I, I don't know if you've seen the book Subway Art but it's yes, like a legendary yeah, that, graffiti yeah. but right exactly yeah. so I, I, I was my mate Aaron Byrne um, brought it into school one day and I nicked it off of him I was like let me borrow that Aaron and I just didn't give it back Yeah. and um, I just would draw from Subway Art all the time and it just really got me into the culture that's where I first sort of, sort of heard about uh, graffiti and, and trains and, and, and what was going on in New York did you ever go tag him? Well, no. See, I'm not that. I'm not enough of a, a of a bad boy to go out with a can. But what I did used to do was buy marker pens and 
I was uh, <laughs> my graffiti name was the Wiz. Nice, uh, as in the Wizard, because using the T made you a pussy. Yeah. So I was the Wiz. Right. And um, I, I used to sort of tag up my school and uh, and the desks and everything with the Wiz. So that's where I was for a little while. Right. Yeah. Did you ever do that, Rima? Uh, yeah, I did a bit at uni. Yeah. What of actual? No, I, I would camp? just do it. I would just practice it. I'd never throw up. Right. Yeah. You? Right. No, I did the same thing, Marker Pen. Yeah. Just going around school and doing it. Just go around school. What was your it? tag? A ranger. Ranger. Well, actually, no. I think for a while I went by Lazy Eye. Yeah. Can I just say? Yeah. I was not expecting Roman to, uh, to be a white dude. I wasn't. <laughs> really wasn't. Me. I'm just going to put that oh, out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really We've wasn't. had this before. Yeah, yeah it's really surprising. What do you think he was going to look like? I thought it was going to be Asian. Yeah. I mean, where the fuck did that name come from for you? Well, his name's Rupert Magendi. Yeah, so we just French sort of surname. made it Rumor. He, he christened it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm just really thrown. Yeah. We, we had this at the live show, and Rumor yeah. introduced me, and the, a room of 300 people laughed at me for about four minutes. I had that episode <laughs> with Ty. I did hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to the show. I'm fan of the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know. I did I know. not expect you to be a white not even just a white dude he's such a white dude isn't he <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. You are, you're a real white dude like, proper. I think that's a compliment no there's yeah. nothing that's yeah. amazing yeah it's I mean, a compliment you're the superior race and you've had things your own way for a long time so yeah take it as a compliment you look like a member of those powerful powerful oppressors I don't have to be here <laughs> rack your brains Give it some thought. What was the first hip hop album you bought? Okay, so what was uh, what was the first hip hop album that you <laughs> that you sort of got into? All right, so I uh, grew up in Holloway, and at the time um, we didn't have a lot, uh, so I used to get given one pound thirty for dinner money every day, and that would stretch right. right? So the pound would be enough for for a meal, and the thirty would be enough for a beverage. What we, what kind of level school dinners are we talking about here? Beans and chips, you right. know, whatever was on offer. Did you get a tray bake? A tray bake. Yeah. What's that? That sounds you, like prison food. Yeah. yeah. Do you know like you know like where they cook like a cake that's the size of like a football field and then just cook it, cut it up cut into it the squares. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, but I'd like sometimes I'd save my thirty p to get like a Snicker bar. For right. The tra- for the for the bus home. Right. right, right so right. yeah, that that was the way I'd split it. So uh, there was a when Kiss FM opened up on Holloway Road, right near my block, uh, right next door to it was a record shop. I forget the name of the record shop, but they had everything and they had all the imports and they had all the music that I loved. So I used to go in there after school every day and just sort of look around and they knew that I was, you know, a real fan because I'd stand there and I'd pull the book out and I'd read the book and never could afford to buy anything. Right. And so the geezer said to me one day, look, if you want to buy something, you can put some money down. I was like, are you kidding me? He was like, yeah, just give me, give me a couple of quid a day, a quid, whatever you got and you can, you can buy what you want. So I would put a pound a day for my dinner money down on the albums that I'd loved and I wouldn't eat all day yeah. and I'd have a Snicker bar on the bus home because I was saving up for an album. So the first... Well, that is hip hop. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. love, man. Yeah. So I saved my first tenner. Um, it was nine ninety nine for an album and I was torn because that week Reasonable Doubt would come out right? and the Dr. Dre Aftermath album would come out. Right. Now, a lot of people don't know about the Aftermath album. It's the yeah. one with just an explosion on the front cover. Yes. And this was when he, I think he officially left Death Row and he launched Aftermath and what he put out was a compilation album. And the song that really got me excited about the compilation was a record called Been There, Done That. Yeah. And um, there was a video that was on Yo! MTV Raps. I was obsessed with Yo! MTV Raps. I used to record my favourite songs yeah, yeah. on Yo! MTV Raps on videotape and I couldn't afford to buy music until this point. So I'd saved my £10. And there was the Aftermath record and there was the Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt album. And the right. two of them were on the counter and I couldn't decide what to go for. <laughs> And I bought the Aftermath record. Right. And it was shit. 
It was so bad. Well, was who was so on angry. that record? Because I remember loads that. of people you've never heard of. I right. think he dropped them all. I can't think of anybody that stayed on there. Oh, really? I mean, there might have been an Eight Dog record on there, but he was never really aftermath. But yeah, I, I don't think there was anybody on there that he kept. It was right. just loads of artists that he had that he wanted to sign or that was gonna sign that ended up dropping anyway. So Been There Done That was a song that I used to play all the time on it. Got to buy my own island by the year 2G Since way back, I've been collecting my feet With the 48 tracks in the MIC Got a palace in the hills overlooking the sea It's worth eight, but I only paid 5.3 worldwide I was just so annoyed because the minute I bought that Suddenly videos from Jay-Z started to get played on Young TV Raps yeah, and they were Jay-Z, all amazing. In case you didn't yeah. know, he ended up being quite a big deal. Has he? Has he gone on to do well? <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. He's a strange looking guy. I never Still thought around. he'd, do, do, do you know he'd cross Do you know over. what's so interesting about that? It's like, do you know, like, it's you saved up for that album. Yeah. And then you bought the Aftermath. So did it, did it almost make you get pissed off when you saw Jay-Z... Like, cause you Blowing saw, up. Yeah. It like, made me hate Dr. Dre for a long time. <laughs> because I then had to wait 10 weeks before I could listen to Reason yeah. Without. You were basically feeling the same way some of those Aftermath artists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we both had about the same amount of money probably as yeah. well. Yeah, no, I, it just it just really annoyed me because it was literally, you know, two months before I could hear Jay-Z. Um, but I, I listened to that Dr. Dre album over and over again. And then I, I went to Reason Without and never went back to Aftermath again. Yeah. So when... Um, because the thing is about that is like that's how a lot of people uh, started buying music where now like because you can it's so much more disposable your listening experience right but then you're talking about saving up Mm. buying an album and I remember doing this where I'd buy one album every however long and then that would be the only thing I could listen to Mm. And I would, I don't know if you, I would force myself to like it yeah, regardless same. of the, yeah. qu- like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because you just think, what the fuck else am I yeah. going to do? Because yeah. this is the only album I can afford. Mm. So like, I remember like, just listening, regardless of the quality of it, you just sort of sit there going, oh fuck, I'm going to have to do this for two weeks. <laughs> 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 like, I've got to live with this now. <laughs> Did you, was there part of you that was just trying to convince yourself that that album was good? Yeah, I mean, I hated it. I hated it. But I would listen to it because it was my it was my dinner. I was listening to my dinner, an audio yeah. version of food. So right. I, I would force myself to eat that shit. Literally. Yeah. There was nothing I could do about it until I got reasonable doubt and then suddenly it was like, ain't no, I was playing that all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, 22 twos. And it's like, yeah, suddenly I got a hip hop album I can love and I knew I'd listen to you forever. You're fresher than the next bitch. No need for you to ever sweat the next bitch. With speed, I make the best bitch see the exit. Indeed, you gotta know you're thoroughly respected. By me, you get the keys to the Lexus. But no driving, got your own 96 something. You ride and keep your ass tight up in Versace. That's why you gotta watch your friends, you got to watch me. They can knob this shit, the first chance to crack for bank. They'll try me, all they get is 50 cent francs. And we'll buy from the village to the belly. Time to kill it on your belly, no question. Have more black chicks between my sheets than that. So how did you pick up Reason Without? You saved up again? Ten weeks. Jeez. Ten bloody weeks. I Ten weeks. Two just months. Listening to the Aftermath <laughs> compilation album. <laughs> What, and or, not yeah. eating? Yeah, pretty Fuck, much. man. Killer. That's dedication. Well, yeah, I starved for hip-hop, literally. Uh, and how big a Jay-Z fan are you? Ah, oh, massive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm huge. Um, I mean, I have my issues with him. You know, there have been moments where he's disappointed. Kingdom Come. I mean, let's not talk about that. Oh, my God. Beach chair. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's been moments where I've just been a bit like, oh, Jay, really? But I think with 444 now, all is forgiven. It's right. like it's the most 
one of the one of if not the most mature hip hop albums I've heard in a long time. Okay, so there's two personal. there's two schools of thought on that album. Go on, because like one of the issues with hip hop with hip hop artists getting older as we are as we are seeing now because of the age of the genre um, that some rappers just carry on talking about the same thing yeah and Jay-Z uh, well it's a bit like a soap opera in a way because like, he's sort of talking about cheating on Beyonce and shit like that and his mum comes out as yeah. gay and, and, and everyone's sort of like I remember the first for the first two weeks after the album came out all I heard was like shit that he'd revealed on it rather than yeah. actually what people thought of the album was yeah, like oh yeah. my god did he hear that he's done this and yeah. like he has he's admitted he's been fucking around on Beyonce, <laughs> on Beyonce and all that it was and so there's a school of thought that's great and what you're saying is like you know it's a mature album and he's talking about where his life is now and that's a difficult I mm. guess for someone in his position older and also got shit ton of money you sort of um, uh, so it, there's two ways of looking at it Jay-Z could have just continued doing the same old, same old. Do you know what I mean? So, do you think that the reason that you love 444 so much is because... He's matured. And he's taken a risk, I guess. More of a risk than he could have done. Yeah. I love it because it's who he is. Yeah. And um, reveal, like, you've got braggadocious Jay and then you've got revealing Jay. And yeah. if you think about Reasonable Doubt, when you think right back to the first album, he was talking about being a drug dealer with conscience, you know, yeah. of, of hating the fact that he was feeding people in his community poison and so on and so forth. But at the same time, he loved the fact that it gave him brilliant, it gave him Lexuses at the time. That was the car they were driving and it gave him the gold chains and everything that he saw the previous big boys in the area doing. So there was always that sort of duality that I loved about him and it always came across in the music. Yeah. And for him to finally be 100% honest with himself, I think it's flipping refreshing and it makes yeah. a change. And as well as that, you know, you spoke about the fact that we finally have this older generation of MCs now. I don't want to hear Nas talking about being in a club trying to chat some young girls. Yeah. I want to hear more songs like Daughters from yeah, Nas because yeah, yeah. he's a dad and he's in his late 40s. So my daughter sent a letter to some boy her age who locked up. First I regretted it then caught my rage. Like how could I not protect her from this awful face? Never tried to hide who I was. She was taught and raised like a princess but while I'm on stage I can't leave her defenseless. Plus she see me switching women pops us on some pimp shit. She heard stories of her daddy thugging. So if her husband is a gangster can't be mad I love her. Never for her. You know, there's a reason that we all loved Frank Sinatra. Uh, now hip-hop has its own Frank. Yeah, That's yeah. what I feel Jay-Z's become. He's become our Frank Sinatra. That is a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. And, and I think you're right in terms of, like, you just want to... Because the truth is, let's be absolutely honest, there are people that... that there are stratas within hip-hop. Strata or stratas? Stratospheres. Good, great, exactly, exactly. Um... <laughs> And um, so the, the the people that are listening, there are different people listening to different bits of hip hop. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know? And so the people that are, that have been in, in listening to hip hop as long as, like, say, we have, mm. the people in this room, you want stuff that reflects your sensibilities. Do you know what I mean? Because I, we can't. Nas can't. Like you said, Nas can't talk about being in the club. You can talk about turning up at the club, and he's like the oldest guy there, and it's really weird. And That's all a the good girls. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> I would relate. I would relate to that. Exactly. His knees start to hurt. You pass a mirror and you feel like it's alright. Stay sitting down. (laughs) Got annoyed at the guy giving him a lollipop in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's that kind of letting go of that desperation to be the hot young thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that. I imagine is a difficult thing for artists. Um, The other thing I would say about Jay Z is, um, I firmly believe that when he spits a guest verse. 
he phones it in like nobody else. Like, like, <laughs> it, like you know, some people, like Buster Rhymes, for example, is someone that if you hear Buster Rhymes guest verse on something, he'd probably be the best thing on that track by a long way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Jay Z. I swear to God, I don't even know if he, it's him. Maybe it's like a Jay Z generator. I swear, no, but that's genuinely—that's genuinely. Yeah. I think it's got like an MPC yeah. or something. We've just like it just plays in combinations. Type, type in what you want to say. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, man, what's your favorite hip-hop album? What would you say is your uh, favorite hip-hop album of all time? I know that's a difficult question. Yeah, I always struggle with that favorite song, favorite album, favorite film question mm. because I see them all, well, it's, again, it's without sound like a massive twat, but... You know, art is massively mood-related for me. Yeah. It's about and telling a story, isn't it, Richard? Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, God, imagine saying that out loud. What a prat. Uh, but no, like, w- how I feel determines the sort of thing that I listen to in the car, the sort of film I watch or whatever. So um, for me, my favourite album is based almost entirely on, on, on where I am when I turn on my, my system. But right. if I had to, uh, the album that I, I, I return to most is Fantastic Volume 2 by Slum Village. Yeah. Which is a special album for me because, I don't know, it was... Well, it changed the way that I looked at hip-hop. To be, play like the niggas that you used to play for money and no time for acting. With me, you best believe that you won't. I'm influenced to like, um, you know, and then I pick up the phone, shit. I don't know. She wants my cash flow, says, my loot as usual, by chance says, it's him too. To all my ladies in the place, I mean, your whole crew was like... You know the S is my crew, we bro. We got a whole flock of niggas with locks. But I don't know why I'm fucking with you. Because for a long time, hip-hop was... Disposable's the wrong word, but it was quite surface. Like, I would listen to Jay-Z records and I would hear his struggles and so on and so forth, but I didn't... Like, I would connect with his story, but I didn't feel much. And there was something about the production Dilla 
on that fantastic record that just got me. Like when they spoke about love, the beats felt like love. Right. And it was just really weird. Like I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I have synesthesia or whatever you call it where you see sounds. But yeah. it felt and like you just felt different when you heard those records. And Fantastic doesn't have the best lyricism on it by any means, but it definitely feels the most connected to me in terms of the records that I've bought, owned and listened to and listened to again and again and again. It's just really special. Well, it's funny you bring, well, uh, it's funny you bring that up. Well, you do, in fact, the way you talk about that album, because like I do think there is a, a thing where like a lot of hip-hop albums and a lot of good hip-hop albums and a lot of great hip-hop albums are where they've just got the like most banging beats and they've come up with the hottest verses and they've just spat fire for yeah. the whole album. And you can listen to that and that's absolutely fine and it's great yeah. and I love it. And that's we all listen to that and that's how we got into hip-hop. But there are certain records uh, of which Fantastic Voyages won um, where... It actually feels like they've put together a record. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they've they've put they've thought about where these things. And it's not necessarily. It's not just a sum of its skills based. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's actually, uh, it's actually a proper record. And I think that's when you listen to a hip hop album that you really really love. Uh, and I'm aware that I'm waffling a little bit. You can't put your finger on what it is that has elevated it, but it is that. It's I'm about where going through my shopping list. That yeah, it's about where they think about. The what like the the music's got to go with the the the, the subject matter of the mm. song and blah 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 and also even putting that together as an album. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like that first Nas record. When you listen to that first Nas album, you hear New York. Yeah, it feels like New York. Like I remember listening to that album, walking through Manhattan, and then going into Brooklyn and listening to it and just being like, wow. And then being in Queens and listening to that record. It's just, you feel like you're hearing his diary almost. You hear the angst of the teenager and the music matches it. It's like listening to Mob Deep in New York. It's yeah. just different. It's just different. And that, that Slum Village record was, was special. I mean, I've never been to Detroit. I don't intend to go to Detroit anytime soon. No. I don't imagine that that record feels like Detroit, but it felt like something special. Did you listen to their next album? Um, slum Village? Yeah. Yeah, I've got every Slum Have Village, you really? Pretty much, Are yeah. you like a proper Slum Village head? I've seen them a million and one times. I was yeah. there at the at Dilla's last gig when he came to, um, the Dilla's last London gig when he came to, uh, oh, what's the place in Camden? Jazz Cafe. And he was in a wheelchair yeah. and he performed. Actually, I'm such an, I left for a girl. Like I left halfway through to go and, go and hang out with this young lady. Right. Um, and it's one of my biggest regrets because yeah. it was like the last time that Dilla performed in, in London. And why do you think it is that Dilla is revered so much as a producer? What, what do you think it is about him? Because he is sort of uh, revered almost above anyone, do you know what I mean, in yeah. terms of why do you think that is? He's the best that ever did it. You know, people talk about Kanye having sort of like there's, in fact, online there's quite a few sort of Kanye family trees where sort of off of him as branches, you've got Drake and then everything that come off that, you've got Cuddy, you've got all these different people that yeah. come off of Kanye. Um, but when it comes to Dilla, your favourite producer's favourite producer is part of his family tree. Yeah. Because he sampled in a way that nobody else did. He made real unconventional choices. He pulled records that you just never heard of before and made them work. Yeah. And he just did really interesting stuff. And he made you feel a certain way when you heard his, his music. And his drums were just like anybody, un, un, unlike anybody else. The drums... Uh 
they don't feel sampled. Like they just, they're not quite exact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It, there's, there's like a soul to it, isn't there? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and it wasn't always on beat, like it was off beat. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we, we went into a massive wormhole on what quantizing is on my, on my <laughs> podcast. So I won't do this here. But we actually spoke about Fantastic on, on my show. And because he doesn't quantize his records, which is like a computer thing where you can sort of make everything fit on the four beats on the bar. So yeah. it feels sort of professional and straight. Because everything was a bit lazy and a bit off. It just felt like it was almost live every time you heard it. And I don't know, it does something to the way that you consume the music. I think the way you hear it is different. It right. feels more natural, more rhythmic and more human. I think. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I have just um, downloaded in the last like week or so, like a couple of production uh, apps. Like, you know, you can do this oh, thing you just where you... Make it on oh, your phone, shit. Yeah. Are you about Dude, to start you, producing? I'm about to can fucking you, take this Have you got anything you can play us now? I don't think so. Do you know what's funny about this, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, I know you a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know everything about you, but yeah. I know you a little bit, and I know you enough to know that you've already thought about your producer tag. <laughs> Am I right? Just yes, anger I am. again. Because if you're a fan of hip hop, you'll know that some of your favorite producers have a little tag or they'll have a thing <laughs> that you know that signifies it's them. Obviously, one of the most famous is Just Please that you hear before a record begins. I know that you've thought yeah, about your. your just yeah, rubbish? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about just. So I have thought about this. So. Uh, <laughs> so. Rummish on the beat? No. Rummish on the beat? Fucking hell. No. <laughs> Rum on the beat? No, it wasn't. It's just going to be like lazy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that sums it up. It's perfect. Works on so many levels. Are you going to auto tune it? I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm lazy. Sort of... <laughs> Make it really high pitched. Like too high pitched. Only dogs can I can't believe it. you called me out on it, man. Is there anything about hip hop that you do not like? Do you have any issues with it? Gripes. Gripes, that's yeah. it. Oh, man. Hip hop gripes. Any yeah. gripes with hip hop? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think any hip hop fan who has sort of grown up will have some of the same issues. And, you know, the obvious ones are like misogyny and stuff like that. Yeah, we've um, heard that. We before. all love that. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about gripes here, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, if anything, we sort of touched on it already. Um, I don't know if I hate it as much as I love it. And that is the split that's happening in hip hop now. Because hip-hop is maturing for the first time, obviously hip-hop has been around for a long time, but those previous generations of older men mm. would still hold on to the Echo tracksuits and still try and be the young guys. Like yeah. the KRS-1s still looked and dressed and behaved and rapped in the same way as they did when they started. Yeah. Um, whereas now you've got this older generation of artists who are embracing the fact that they're no longer children yeah. and they're wearing suits and they're wanting to be mm. businessmen and so on and so forth. And there is that separation because you've got a whole slew of teenage MCs now coming out saying that they never listened to Biggie yeah, or, you know, they never rated Tupac. And I kind of dig the fact that there is that separation happening, that there are men and women in their thirties and forties who only listen to one section of hip hop. And then there's kids who listen to another. And on the other hand, I hate it. Yeah. Um, and I can't quite mm. decide what emotion is louder for me, but um, yeah, that's, that's probably. Yeah. We, we've, this is actually weirdly a debate that we've had on the last like couple of these. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Because, because for example, like doc, doc Brown, who we had on, he had this attitude that youngsters shouldn't have to, listen to you know they, they it, it's sort of like right. fuck the old school you know i'm doing whatever i'm doing and there's sort of like that's what makes things innovative that's what makes things change is almost like a you need a slight disrespect to what's come before you whereas ty when we chatted to ty he just felt like he wasn't saying that they have to go through like a 
course in hip hop or whatever. <laughs> but he was saying there's something about sort of respecting what's come before you. I guess there's an argument that in order to know if what you're doing is different, you have to check out what's come before you so that you know that you're... Do you know what I mean? Like, you have yes. to know what the mould is to you break it. Oh, my God. Oh, that was good. Did you like that? Yeah. That was good. Just fucking you're a storyteller, cool. dude. <laughs> Lazy! <laughs> <laughs> Lazy on the beat. Um, I, I agree with You can with join Ty. up those two generations. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's the middleman. Yeah. I sort of agree with Ty. I don't think there should be a hip-hop B-Tech. Definitely. Yeah. But at the same time, that disrespect is kind of important. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of needed uh, for those kids to do something different. Um, and weirdly and ironically, they'll probably end up doing the same thing that came before them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's just that attitude and that ignorance of youth is kind of important and it helps for progress, I think. Hip hop live. Mm. Do you go to live music? All the time. Not so much now because right. I'm an old fogey. But um, What's yeah. your issues with uh, going to live now? Because are you... I get fucked off with just standing in a crowd. Mm. Do you not... You're a sort of in a box guy now. I love being in a box. <laughs> I know that's... Uh, listen, that yeah. sounds bad, but like, I don't... You don't want to be in amongst it. We went to Kendrick, right? Yeah. And when you look down at like the people right at the front... I, at the I used to, yeah, yeah, the sort of... You know, the... Ple- the scum. The plebs, the yeah. true fans. When you're looking at them... <laughs> Basically yeah, the real yeah. fans. The people that actually... <laughs> the people that care. Yeah. <laughs> the people that genuinely... People who bought a ticket. The people that Kendrick actually likes. <laughs> when, when you, I remember I used to fucking when I used to go to gigs. I want to be I wanted to be right down there yeah. for the off chance that Posdenus might give me a fist bump or something like that. Right. <laughs> Whereas now it's just it's too much discomfort, mate. I just prefer having like hors d'oeuvres nearby. Do you know what I mean? Oh, comp- I completely agree. But it's just, get, it's just getting older. Like I never forget. Um, like Watch the Throne, right? Was yeah. an amazing tour. Everybody talks about how it was an incredible experience and it was amazing to be there. And obviously, whenever they did niggas in Paris it would kick off and they'd have mosh pits and they would do the song like seven or eight times. I went to see it at the O2 and I was in a box. I remember standing there while they were doing the circle bit, again, the song all over again from the beginning. And there was like these massive mosh pits happening. I was like, wow, this is incredible. I was stood in a box with some nachos and some dip, just watching it going, oh, that looks like fun. Enjoying the visual, yeah. That's <laughs> what we were like. I was just enjoying, yeah. enjoying the young Seeing people having bounce. fun. Yeah. But I mean, I've done that. Because I've done that bit, I don't need to do it anymore. Like, I'll never forget um, feeling so proud that Common pointed at me yeah. while I was rapping every word of, like, Waterford Chocolate back at him when he was on stage at Hammersmith. Yeah. I felt, all my friends were like, oh, shit, oh, shit, he's pointed at you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, Rashid. Yeah. And I thought I was the man. I want to do that now. I would yeah. have much preferred to be sort of slightly higher up with a cool drink going, this is nice. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of where I am with it. You know, and there's not a part of you that's upset that Common can't see you to point at you. No, I don't need him to point at me. No, <laughs> no definitely. He's done it. He's, He's, done, yeah. it. He's done it once. It's enough. He knows that I know every bar, even the ones he missed. Yeah, but also <laughs> what you got to remember is those artists don't really don't give a fuck. No. I, I saw, I saw this. Um, I don't tell you about this. I saw MTV. It's the trick in the book. MTV it's the old point. I saw MTV fanatic where they like. Do you remember where they got like super fans to meet the people, their heroes, and they got one of this guy to meet Metallica. And uh, it was so exciting for this kid. And he was talking to Jason Newstead, who was like the bassist at the time. Mm. And he said, I don't know if you remember, eight years ago, you were playing in uh, Cincinnati. And there's a bit where uh, during one, like you and I made eye contact and we're like really going for it. And he goes, I just remember, I just wanted to check if you remember that. And Jason was like, You lie, right? You would lie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you know that this kid has been dining out on this forever. Oh, yeah, there was that time when the bassist looked me right in the eye. You just fucking lie, wouldn't you? He didn't lie, did he? No, he did, he did. Oh. Well, he didn't. He sort of just went, yeah. <laughs> like, so it wasn't... He you didn't even commit too much, yeah. They, they might sort of lead into other questions. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because he might go, do you remember I was wearing yeah, like the, a false, like false nose in that? six minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> So, are there any are there any live experiences that stick out in your memories? Like, yeah, I mean, loads. Uh, I had a gun went off near my head in um, in Brixton when I went to go and see Nas. Dude, I was at that gig. Really? Yes. Are you kidding? No. I was right by the shooter. <laughs> Holy shit! I was right beside him. So, did you see what happened? I just heard bang and turned around and there was smoke and there was a guy stood there holding a gun and I was like, oh shit! And we <laughs> just made. Hell. I was with my mate Sunil and the two of us were like, what the fuck is this? And we just bombed out the fire escape. Fuck, did he go straight away? Yeah, was we're hanging around to see no, if he's going to shoot me. No, but he came back out. Nas came back out. What? Yeah. Did, did they catch the guy? What? Did they catch I've the I've got shooter? no idea, man. Oh, right. did, he, did he please tell me he came back out too? <laughs> they shoot! <laughs> no. I made you look. No, no. So, so this is my it. recollection of what happened. But bearing in mind that I there's a lot of adrenaline going on. Like, I, I, I wasn't calm. Mm. So I was sort of... So basically what happened was... This, People, some people was like pouring out the door. Reggie was straight out of there. Yeah, right? pushing. And part of me was thinking, <laughs> part of me was thinking, we paid a bit of money for this. I wonder if we're going to get a refund for this, right? And then Nas came back and he goes, "You think one bullet's going to stop me?" <laughs> right? So he came back out. He's asking for trouble. And, and he, uh, yeah, I know. If the shit is still in there, mate, don't fucking goad him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, so, so he starts rapping again, and then. He brings out special guest Dizzy Rascal. No way. Right, yeah, yeah. So Dizzy Rascal comes out, but but then, this is when I left, it's because Dizzy Rascal came out and he was like doing his thing like, all right, what's up going on? And then Dizzy Rascal was rapping and like looking to the side of stage as if he was expecting us to come back. Nas never came. Nas left. So hang on a second. So you clear this up. Hang on a second. So Nas said, you think one bullet's going to stop me? Yeah. And And then he had a second one and he goes, that's it, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, And then he put somebody else in the line of fire. Yeah, but that's that dude, that's what, what, it's like he brought out Dizzy Rascal and everyone's like, fuck, the gig's carrying on. Jesus. And then Dizzy Rascal's on for ages. And I've got to be honest, I just remember seeing Dizzy Rascal look to the side and I thought, I don't want to see Dizzy Rascal get shot now. So I think we left. Do you know what I mean? But it was. Uh, that sounds horrendous. Yeah, and then I emailed the I emailed the ticket agency for potential refunds. But I said no. He's going to have a points of view moment and send <laughs> a strongly worded letter to Nas's fan club. Have you been to terrible ones? Is it, I mean, that I mean, don't get me wrong. That's well, yeah, not the best one, is it? But. Loads of hip hop gigs are terrible. I yeah. mean, I, I, I remember Ludacris used to always come out with all of Disturbing the Peace. That was his label and his sort of group at the time. And they'd basically just rap everything for him. And he, like, I'll never forget for like the last 15 minutes of the gig. I think it was the Brixton Academy as well when I went to go and see Ludacris. They were just going, Sanderson, Sanderson, we're at the Sanderson Hotel. We're at the Sanderson <laughs> penthouse, penthouse, ladies, ladies. And it was basically just all of his mates trying to get laid for Holy the last 15 shit. minutes. And that was it. And he was just sort of semi-rapping along. And So, um... Who's the best hip hop band that you've seen? Like, like, who do you think is the best out of the ones that you've seen? Oh, uh, best hip hop I've seen. I don't know, mate. I, I'm going to be boring and say Slum again. I love yeah. them. I love seeing them because they used to always play at Jazz Cafe, yeah. which is a small, small venue. And they'd have a DJ and they'd have like, uh, sometimes they'd have live drums as well. They were great. I, I loved, used to love watching Little Brother live. They yeah. were great because they used to like do dance routines. There was like a break and they were really good fun. I don't know. I think smaller is always better. Like when you're in the big stadiums, it's just not as effective. But um, 
I remember Kanye's first gig at Kentish Town. Kentish Town Forum. So when would that have been? Like after what album? So this is before College Dropout came out. Holy shit. Yes, yeah, okay. so it's the first time he played in London. And um, it was, it took forever for him to come out. So this is at the point where he was rolling with Dame Dash. So right. Dame signed him because Jay didn't want to have anything to do with him at, the, at this point. So he signed him as a rapper, sorry. And um, so all of Dame's signings were there. So like there was SAS, they rolled them out because they were sort of associated with Rockefeller. And no, no disrespect to the boys, I know the boys, but we all wanted to see Kanye. Yeah. So once SAS came off, everyone started chanting refund. And me and my, again, my mate Sunil, we started it. And so the whole Kenish town floor was going, refund, refund. And we, we sort of forced him out. So we, and then he just sort of runs out and goes, guys, 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 guys. And it was like, whoa, it's Kanye. And then he just performed loads of tracks off the mixtape, which me and probably my mate Sunil and Danny were the only people that knew the words to right. uh, get well soon, that mixtape. And then um, he brought out John Legend and they pretty much did name that tune. So wow. John just started playing stuff on the piano. And we were like, ooh, what's that? And then Kanye would rap along. It was awesome. It was an amazing game. It just kept going and going. Ran over. It was brilliant. So Reggie, what are you listening to now? Uh, at the moment, see, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a massive, massive music nerd. I I don't have a Spotify account. Well, that's, that's a lie. I, I just signed up for Spotify this week. And How I'm come? not paying for going, the full thing. Things going well. A couple of contracts dropping. <laughs> like, it's still free. I'm not paying for it monthly. <laughs> I, I have a Spotify account, but I'm not paying. I don't have iTunes, um, Apple Music. I don't have I don't have any of it. I don't have Tidal, nothing. Why? Because I like to own music. And that makes me sound like a real... What, physically? Physically. I like to either physically own it or at least have it. So mm. I don't need Wi-Fi to live. I don't want to be mm. Wi-Fi dependent on yeah. whether I can hear my favourite song at the moment. Right. So... Rather than downloading and streaming, I'm still the guy that goes through the blogs, gets recommendations. I'm Shazamming stuff all the time. And every month I make an album of sort of Lucy's. And I've been doing that for about 15 years. Are you serious? Yeah. So I'll sort of make an album of songs that I've just heard that month. And I'll do like, I'll do an art, bit of artwork for it. And so like, there'll be like loads of random songs from new people, old people, stuff that I've just heard uh, about. And, um, I've been doing that for a long time now. So what am I listening to now? It's really broad and it's an amalgamation stuff. Some of them don't have albums. There's like this young guy called Octavian who I, I think is amazing. I listen to some of that, yeah, that party here tune. But it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. I'll chain a million Gs. No, this guy's don't keep eye on the knee. How's he going? How's he going? Should never mention me. Been doing this thing since crew facing Stimpy. Since then, didn't sleep. Never lied on a beach. Just started off in 96. Heart taken from my ribs. I tell her, go, I flick wrist. Yeah. Show no love, no, that's a risk. Fuck your other man, try to get me by me. He he's incredible. So at the moment, he's like signing his deal, apparently. So how did you hear about Octavian? Uh, my mate Kieran is like the world's greatest A&R that right. isn't an A&R. Like his ear is ridiculous. Like yeah. me and him sort of battle on who can find people first because I like to be early on stuff. And Kieran really is that good. He was like, yo, check out this, this kid Octavian. And um, the only person that I think is faster than Kieran is someone that I'm, I'm teeing this up like I know the guy I don't fucking know him is Drake because Drake is all over everything that I like early doors it's so yeah. funny because you'll go to their page and they'll have like Drake tweeting about them as like on the uh, is that him doing that do you reckon I, th- or I think people tell him someone, yeah. but I also think that he's he really down, yeah. he really hunts it so the reason I mentioned Drake is because 
he's on Octavian's Instagram right? Uh, and uh, he's sort of selfieing himself rapping along to party here wow. why the fuck does the biggest mm. rapper on the planet know this song by some little UK rapper yeah, yeah. yeah. because he's just on it so um, yeah Octavian's flipping amazing um, so who else am I listening to um, I love Big Zoo he's a grime rapper he's an amazing grime artist I think he's amazing there's a bunch of his stuff um, R&B stuff I'm listening to um, Daniel Caesar I think he's great um, yeah there's a lot, a lot of good new stuff out there um, have either of you heard the new um, Ocean Wisdom album I don't know Ocean no. Wisdom so Ocean, mate I thought so, you were going to say Ocean Colour scene I was like yeah the new Ocean Co- yeah yeah <laughs> if you like middle of the road um, so the, no Ocean Wisdom uh, he did uh he did an album a while ago, a couple of years ago, I think Chaos 93, and we had him on the podcast, and he's just released a new album, which actually has Dizzy on, oh. on this track called Revin. Why you try Rev? Why you try Rev? About revving my face on a Sunday till I hit man with an awkward leg, awkward elbow, top of the head, like boom, bow, put him to bed. Why you try Rev? How you gonna come and try Rev? How you gonna act like I'm not ahead and you're stuck on the red? You're easily red, like you're playing dead, I'm a rebel, I'm ready whenever my level is heavy, you're light as a feather, I beg. Beg, you know I'm a celeb, but I'm dreading, I'll put you to bed for some shit that you should have just thought, but you said, cause you're a pleb. Only cause but that album is so fucking good, man. This new album is really, really good, yeah. I'd recommend that. And, uh. And the new Lazy track. <laughs> oh my god Lazy on the beat Yeah yeah It's lazy <laughs> I think you should use that Plug one Plug two Guest plugs For you Listen we're out of time Pretty oh, much shit. Okay. Um, You've been a great guest Thank you yeah. Would you say that Best guest of all time Best guest yeah. Potentially the 50th And the best Oh yeah should, shit. Should, we make the de- should we make the decision On that now I think, I think 50th Yeah, you? You've got she 50. is on the 50 And you've thanks for lying 50. about me Being the best guest You bloody liars Because <laughs> we all know Frank as well Let's be honest That was amazing Frankie who? Mate, who as soon as you started talking, good. I forgot we even had Frankie Boyle on there. Do you know what I mean? We've had a, we've had a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so it's so rare that you have a guest yeah. sort of bring a narrative arc to mm. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just the way you sort of... I was sitting here and that's... I forgot, mm. I forgot one of the questions because you were weaving such a tale... Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was just sort of lost in in what you were doing. It was wonderful. It was so good to be a storyteller. People just get lost in the stories. Um, So what are you up to? What are you up to at the moment? Uh, I just finished uh, Doc on Grenfell, um, which will be coming out on BBC Two. Uh, at the end of this month, this which I'm guy. really excited look about. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> How look can this, you be mad at look that? At this fucking Even guy. you can't be angry at that. Even you. You hate everything. <laughs> you can't hate that. For fuck's sakes. Surely there's something in you that goes, do you know what? That's good. That is good. That Thank is good. you. That is good. That is good. Jesus. Sorry. Sorry, um, Reggie. So fuck yeah, me. Who would have thought he'd flip this so late on in the podcast? <laughs> We'd all been getting on and then Sunday. Robin sort of asked, him, asked him to talk about what he's up to and then he fucking lost when's it. That, when's that on? We like to call it a twist in the third act. <laughs> <laughs> this story, Rob. Um, that's going to be end of the month it comes out. Uh, cool. BBC Two. So yeah, that, that's the right. uh, the next thing that I'm, I'm allowed to talk about. But yeah. But you've got other shit it. going on that you can't talk about. Yeah, that's what everybody says who stuff. has nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> who has See nothing else in goes. the diary. Okay. I've got loads I can't talk about, guys. Let um, me ask I'm not you... scared about paying my tax at all. Hang on a second. When you came on my show, you were speaking about auditioning people for your sitcom. Sitcom, yes. So, how's that going? Well, I've been away, uh, but yeah, we're about to. I'm about to get back into sitcom now. I'm a bit nervous about a sitcom, if I'm being honest. I, I just sort of. Uh, it's I'm the pub bit... one, right? Yeah. And you've, you're you're pretty much the central character in that. Are you ready to are you, carry? Are you, Richie, are you ready yeah. to carry? Oh, well, uh, I didn't know you were in it. Are you ready to carry uh, an entire comedy show? 
on your shoulders. I'm not shoulders. carrying the show, you know. I'm surrounded by a great it's a cast, collective. and it's like blah blah it's blah blah. And you know, it's a it's a it's a group effort. No mm. right. And you know, and and you know, Reggie, the thing about sitcom is all about telling a story. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's got to be funny as well. Pardon? It's got to be funny as well. I don't think that's true, is it? It's I think it's all about not being shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that... <laughs> no pressure. Send it there, I think. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be brilliant. Thank you very much. I'll watch it. Uh, listen, Reggie, you have been a great guest. Thank Best guest me. ever. Um, we'll love to have you on. Pardon? 50th guest. 50th guest. Reggie Yates for our 50th ever. episode. Yeah, fuck Thanks. the 49th guest. We moved them because <laughs> Reggie smashed it so much. Uh, thank you very much, man. Uh, and good luck with everything. Take care. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.